We're not in the great outdoors. We're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Hey, yes, indeed. Welcome. Glad you're here in camp with us today at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder, and you are a welcome guest. Anytime. Bring a buddy with you next time around. Front door to the camp house brought to you by Calming Care from Purina. Calming Care settles the overactive dog, the overbarker, the overjumper, and it does that naturally. It's not a drug. does it naturally and gently over time. Learn more about Calming Care when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. We have wall-to-wall Hall of Famers on the show today. Mark Davis in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. So is Jimmy Houston and Hank Parker. And you'll hear from all of those guys on the show today as they pay tribute to Ray Scott. Great memories, funny stories, and bass fishing history that you're only going to get here today on Kinder Outdoors. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Everybody knows that Ray Scott was the founder of Bassmaster. But how much more do you know about Ray? Ray Scott passed away Sunday, May 8th at about 11.30 p.m. He died peacefully in his sleep of natural causes. He was 88 years old. He founded the first national professional bass fishing circuit, the Bassmaster Tournament Trail. That was in 1967. The following year, he founded the Bass Anglers Sportsman's Society, BASS, and that would grow to become the world's largest fishing organization. The bass tournament competition Scott created rewarded anglers who caught the heaviest limits of bass in a three- or four-day event, and that served as the proving grounds for the rapid advancement in bass boats, outboard engines, tackle, lures, and electronics. It spawned a massive bass fishing industry that today has an economic impact in excess of $125 billion, with a B dollars per year and employs more than 800,000 people nationwide. Field and Stream magazine listed Ray Scott along with President Theodore Roosevelt, environmentalist Rachel Carson, and naturalist conservationist Aldo Leopold among the 20 individuals who most influenced outdoor sports during the 20th century. He was inducted into the inaugural class of the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame in 2001, the International Game Fish Association Hall of Fame in 2004, the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame in 1987. He was named the 1988 Sport Fisherman of the Year by the Sport Fishing Institute. The elder President Bush picked Scott as his Alabama state chairman during the 1979-80 presidential campaign. And the two remained good friends and fishing partners throughout Bush's terms as vice president and then president of the United States. Ray was born in Montgomery, Alabama, August 24, 1933, and grew up there during the depths of the Great Depression. His father operated an ice cream cart. His mother worked as a hairdresser to support the family. That family included Ray, his brother, and three uncles, all living in a one-bedroom home. Scott contributed to the family treasury by delivering groceries on his bicycle, mowing lawns, and selling peanuts at baseball games. Most folks don't know that Ray Scott suffered from dyslexia. That contributed to his having to repeat the eighth grade but he eventually managed to earn a degree in business administration from Auburn University 
and soon afterward became one of the top salesmen in the Southeast for Mutual of New York Insurance Company. In 1967, he quit his job and began organizing the first major national bass fishing tournament. He called it the All-American. It was at Beaver Lake, Arkansas. It was successful enough for Scott to begin holding tournaments on other reservoirs in the South. And that was the launch of Bass and Bassmaster. His brainchild, the Bassmaster Classic, which today brings in more than 100,000 fishing fans from around the world. After a half century of helping to grow and shape the sport fishing industry worldwide, Ray retired to his farm near Pentala, Alabama, and he stayed there mostly out of the public eye in the years prior to his death. Ray Scott is survived by his wife, Susan, and his four children. I had a chance to speak with Ray Mursky, former owner of Strike King Lure Company, some years back before he passed away. He fished in that very first All-American bass tournament that Ray Scott organized, Beaver Lake, Arkansas. You fished in the very first ever BASS tournament. That's right. I saw a picture of uh, you and Bill Dance and Ray Scott, and I think you all had pimples. You couldn't have been more than 15 <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We he Ray Scott had the first tournament there in, at Beaver Lake, Arkansas yeah. in 1967. And uh, he called me. I was involved with a hunting and fishing weekly newspaper. And uh, he asked me, could, could I get somebody to come up to fish his tournament? And I said, well, I know a few people down here, but we've never fished tournaments, so I can't tell you whether they're going to come or not. But anyway, I had seven guys beside myself go up there with me. So out of his 106 first entries, I I got him seven. And uh, I, I placed third or fourth in yeah. it. Uh, I can't remember, but I know one thing. I got a trophy and I got a check. Yeah. And the check wasn't much, and the trophy was a lot bigger than the check. <laughs> I'm sure Ray got a deal on the trophies. That's why he gave big trophies away. <laughs> I want to thank my friends at Fortiflora, a product that I use and believe in and have for years. Fortiflora, America's number one canine probiotic. They bring us this corner of the camp house. Bass Fishing Hall of Famer, Mark Davis, when we come back from the coffee pot. Hey, it's Alan Jones, Jr., and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. You've worked hard your entire life, and now that place is yours. Ensure the security of your livestock and wildlife with Tejas Ranch and Game Fence. You appreciate a job well done, and that's our focus at Tejas. High deer fence, horse and cattle specific fences, fences that keep the hogs out and the peace of mind intact. Decades of high performance in fencing, land clearing, and happy landowners. T-E-J-A-S, TejasRanchFencing.com. Hey, crappie anglers, crappie season is here. Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about all of the new crappie products for 2022. Check out the all-new Wally Marshall Classic Signature Rods by Lou's. The Wally Marshall Classic Series starts at 5'6 and all the way up to 16 foot in length. IM8 graphite construction, cork handles, stainless steel guides, super light for all-day use, and the perfect trolling and casting rods on the market today. Now for you live scopers out there, the Wally Marshall Pro Target Rods are designed with IM8 graphite blanks, stainless steel guides, and wind grip handles. No slip with a grip when you're trying to boat flip a three-pounder. Pro Target Rods are the best for live scope, trolling, and perfect for weight fishing and heavy cover. 
All new Mr. Crappie Colors and Crappie Thunders, Slabalicious, Jokers, and Shadpos. Tennessee Mist, White, Who Dat, and Don't Miss the School Bus. All crappie anglers should keep the Mr. Crappie Slabomatic Electric Filet Knife handy too. StrikeKing.com, Lose.com, and SmithsProducts.com. These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there's peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word, csbiblechurch.org. The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step, visit our website, quailcoalition.org. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit joshuacreek.com. you were coming when we heard your truck rattle across that old cattle guard. Welcome to our camp at Kender Outdoors. Brought to you by Fortiflora, America's number one canine probiotic. We're talking to Hall of Famers about a Hall of Famer today. Ray Scott, the father of Bassmaster, passed away a couple of weeks ago. I've gathered up some guys that spent time with Ray to talk about him a little bit and educate us more about the man. Here's Bass Fishing Hall of Famer from the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour, Mark Davis. Mark, uh, the fishing industry lost one of its one of its giants uh, just days ago in Ray Scott, and I, I thought about you and and a handful of guys uh, that have been doing this a while. Surely you've got memories of Ray and and uh, worked with him quite a bit. Too. Absolutely, 
Billy. I've got so many great memories of Ray. And, uh, you know, I guess the first one that comes to mind was uh, a funny story. He, you know, Ray could sell ice to Eskimos, you know. I mean, he, he was just uh, he was the ultimate salesman, <laughs> always looking for a way to make a dollar. And he, he was always on to me. He knew I liked to hunt. And, and he was always wanting me to do this uh, Saskatchewan deer hunt. I don't know exactly what he had invested up there in, the, in, in Saskatchewan, but he was part owner or something of a big 20, it was 20 square miles of, of property that he had up there with a lot of big whitetails. So, you know, he kept telling me, and I don't remember the price, it was like $6,000. Now, mind you, this is back in the early 90s. $6,000 to go on this deer hunt. And I'm like, no, no, Ray, I can't afford that, you know. And he just kept on and on and on about it. And I, I would never, I never would go. So I, I won aim of the year in 95. And he said, uh, well, what about now? You can afford it now. And I said, well, no, not really. I said, not really, Ray. You don't pay enough to win aim of the year to, to do that. So we went to the Classic, and we were at Classic over in North Carolina, there at Greensboro, and I, I, we just happened that we got on the elevator at the same time on this big Hilton or Sheridan or whatever it was, we were there where we were staying. And he said, now, Mark Davis, he said, now, I've been trying to get you to go on this hunting deal. He said, now, if you won the Classic, would you go? I said, oh, well, yeah, sure. If I win the Classic, I'll go. <laughs> now, I'll be John Brown if I didn't win the Classic, you know. And uh, he, and he, he, as soon as he, he gave me the trophy and all that, we got off stage, he looked at me and he said, we're going to Saskatchewan. I said, yes, we are, right? We're going, <laughs> we're going to Saskatchewan. Actually, uh, it was, it was myself and, uh, Tommy Biffle and David Fritz and a couple other guys went on that trip and and we had a great time. Had a great time uh, yeah. up there. You know, I'm going to be talking to a lot of folks about their memories of Ray Scott, and no one is going to top that story. That's that's Ray Scott in a nutshell, right there. He was always trying to sell something. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, you know, he told this one on himself. I got to say, I got to tell you this real quick. So when he was in grade school, he was a pretty good size, you know, tall. Ray was a tall guy, and uh, and and he had a, had a pretty hefty appetite. So he figured out his mother would make these homemade sandwiches. They were just absolutely just wonderful, you know, South Alabama, good old country cook, Ray's mama. So Ray would figure out. He said, "Well, you know, I could I could sell." I could sell uh, half of my sandwich every day, and he said I could probably make a nickel for half a sandwich. So <laughs> he started selling half a sandwich every day for a nickel, and the kids were just lined up fighting over it. He said, so I decided. I, I told mom. I said, uh, you know, he, he he told her. He said, I'm, I'm just that, that one sandwich is just not enough. I'm gonna eat two. So <laughs> she made two sandwiches. Well. Ray, being the entrepreneur he was, he didn't that that extra sandwich as a whole. He he cut it in half, and uh, 
So now he's making 15 cents a day. And the sandwiches were so good, the kids were fighting over them, and finally the principal had to call Ray's mother and say, Mrs. Scott, uh, you're going to have to quit this, you know, stop this making these sandwiches. It's causing such a disturbance in the lunchroom. She said, what, what, what are you talking about? She said, Ray is selling these sandwiches. So... <laughs> So Ray got busted. Ray got busted for selling sandwiches. But I mean, this is when he was in grade school. Oh. So this what a guy. He was such a. He was. He, he was always looking for a way to make it. Make a nickel and uh, and had a lot of fun along the way, dude. And I, I miss him so much. But uh, yeah, what, what a what yeah. a character. Boy, he sold bass fishing to America, didn't he? Didn't he have a great idea? He did. He really did. And, and, and he did have to sell it, you know. If you go back and look at that, that wasn't an easy task. You know, he created and he, you know, he birthed a, a new sport and sold it to America is what he did. And, it, and that, that was no that was no easy, easy, easy job what he did. You look, you look way back in the, when he started back in the, in the 60s. But... Uh, and, did it. You know, and, 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 and how many of us have have been able to to carve out a, a, a you know a living from what Ray started back in those days? We owe him we owe him so much. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know the way he did it and thought things through to put everybody on a on an airplane and fly into an unknown lake with a with a box of tackle and uh, matching boats for everybody. Uh, that level playing field, that was a big attention getter. That was one way to make your tournament fair, but it was really a, a big story for the media. It was, and, and he realized the importance of that. Yeah, as, as he you know, did. Way back, way back there, he sure did. What a guy. Mark, Mark I appreciate you sharing your, your race stories with us, and I, I knew that, that his death would touch you personally and set you to reminiscing a bit, and I appreciate you doing that with us. Thank you much. You bet, Betty. Eat time. Enjoy it, buddy. This is a Kinder Outdoors Conservation Minute, a focus on people that make a difference. At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled, but we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids, and in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures' young lives changed. Kids that just were not in the school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics and they smile while learning. If you want outdoor adventures in your local school, contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. Preserving what we love and educating the next generation every day. To learn more, visit us at KinderOutdoors.com. Hey, we're celebrating the life of Bassmaster founder Ray Scott on the show today. We've heard from Ray Mursky who fished that very first Bassmaster tournament. It wasn't even called Bassmaster yet 
on Beaver Lake back in 1967. We've also heard from Hall of Famer Martin Davis. And coming up, Jimmy Houston and Hank Parker. I'm sure glad you're here hanging out with us, too. Why don't you drop by and see me this week? KinderOutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R, Kinder Outdoors. Hey, throw your name in the hat. Win one of those good-looking Kinder Outdoors t-shirts. We give them away all the time. Come on, let's grab a cup of coffee. It's Hank Parker, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Hurry up and get in the boat, Billy. I'm going to beat your pants off. You know, this is a fast-changing world. As a matter of fact, you may not recognize your little universe as compared to just two years ago. But there are some bedrock stepping stones that will take you through tough times. If you want to catch the girl, be nice. If you want to catch the ball, use both hands. And if you want to catch the fish, start early. About 6.45. And stick with what's dependable like Chevy trucks. At Classic Chevrolet in Grapevine, Texas, we work hard every day to be dependable in delivering you and your precious cargo to the fishing hole, whether that's across the county or the country, and back again. At Classic Chevrolet, we can't make love grow, (laughs) but we can be dependable in making sure that you're there when it does. Have you ever hugged or kissed a fish before? Yep. (laughs) ClassicChevrolet.com. Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com. There are some very important factors to check when purchasing a hunting blind. They need to be quiet. They need to have an all-day hunt level of comfort. It's got to be dry inside, even in a downpour. Dillon hunting blinds have earned a strong reputation across North America for their durability, insulation, and marine decking fiberglass floor that will never rot in every blind. Plus smart components like an aluminum RV type door, real glass in the windows that flip in and up with quiet and simple to use friction hinges, drip rails on the windows and above the door to keep the wet out. Hey, anyone can build a box. Dylan builds hunting blinds, conceived, drawn up, constructed, and used by hunters. Lightweight and durable, completely assembled, fiberglass inside and out with foam insulation in between. You can't beat a Dillon. For a dealer near you or to become a dealer, visit DillonMANUF.com. That's D-I-L-L-O-N-M-A-N-U-F.com.
It is the dream of the animal rights fanatics to suppress your most natural connection to the earth. To sell you a life filled with urban fascinations. To ignore that death is life's unwavering partner. Together, creating a relationship between predator and prey that makes it possible for us all to survive. To the hunter, this world's most honest steward, these fantasies are the poisonous, perverted manipulations of social misfits who would take this planet hostage. They should startle you and awaken you to trust the hunter in your blood. The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item. Make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org. Bring the kids along. This is where heritage is guarded just for them. Kinder Outdoors. Good morning, Linda Bates, Plano, Texas. Thanks for listening to Kinder Outdoors. Thanks for letting us know. Daryl Dyes dropped by KinderOutdoors.com, too. He's from Eureka, Illinois. Daryl, thank you. I've been busy collecting comments and stories from Bass Fishing Hall of Famers, each and every one of them happy to speak about their dear friend, the late Ray Scott. Here's my buddy Jimmy Houston. Jimmy Houston, welcome back to the show, buddy. Hey, good to talk to you, Billy. Hey, first of all, we want an update on, on Chris. I get phone calls, and a lot of folks have uh, been praying for Chris for a while now, and uh, we'd love to hear how she's doing, Jimmy. Chris is doing great. She's sitting right here with me right now. As a matter of fact, we've been in Little Rock, Arkansas at the uh, Incura Clinic. Uh, let Chris know. I know you guys, you believe like I do, prayer works, and a lot of us are well, praying for Chris and for you, too. Without a doubt, she's had literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of prayers said in her behalf. But we're so uh, tickled with all of the fishing industry, how they've responded this last year or so, and, and all the uh, hundreds of thousands of people on our social media channels. And, and the folks are still praying, even though we're 13 months into this, and it's made a big difference in, in her life. And, uh, you know, they were not expecting her to even be alive now, and she is. And not only that, but getting better all the time. Absolutely, and that's great news. I know everybody will be. Uh, really happy to uh, to hear that. Uh, we lost Ray Scott the other day, and I know you go way back with Ray, and, and I wanted to talk to you uh, about that. He was one of the, like you, a pillar in the uh, bass fishing industry, and and uh, everybody loved Ray Scott, and there's a lot of great stories, Ray Scott's story. I thought, you know, I bet Jimmy Houston's got a good story or two. 
Well, you know, we really do. We have a lot of race car stories. Uh, you know, I've spent, uh, uh, I've gone down there and fished with him in his lake in Montgomery several times. And, uh, you know, we sat down there one night and after dinner and sat there until 2 o'clock in the morning talking about the early days of uh, BASS and all the other tournaments and the caravan that uh, Bill and Roland and him went around trying to get uh, people to sign up and buy a BASS membership. But, uh, but yeah, we, we have a lot of the really early memories. I, I fished the, either the second or the third tournament that BASS ever had. Uh, you fall Alabama and actually led that tournament the first day. We fished the 15 bass limit back in those days in most of the southern states, which people just cannot even hardly fathom that in today's bass fishing world. But, uh, and I caught 11 bass that first day that weighed 52 pounds and 8 ounces and had the lead in the tournament. Second place only had 43 pounds. <laughs> And I think he had 15 bass. I didn't, I didn't catch but 11, but I caught some bigger ones. And, uh, but, uh, the amazing thing about that tournament, I went down there with my buddies, Don Butler and, uh, Jerry Roten, who have both died. And, and, uh, uh, I didn't have a boat. I, I, I borrowed, I actually went as a, a non-boater that day. We didn't have co-anglers or marshals back in those days. You simply drew another person in a, in a tournament. So I went to somebody else's boat. But, uh, actually, I'd gone out with Ray in that tournament. Uh, in a practice day. I didn't have anybody to practice with. I just having to bum a ride and practice. And so uh, I went out with Jerry and Don the first day. And, of course, they didn't like three people in the boat. And uh, and then the next day, uh, Ray Scott said, I'll take you out. You know, I've fished this lake a lot. I just come out and go fish with me today. And so I did and and uh, and actually uh, ended up uh, doing really well in that tournament. And uh, but, but I can remember, you know, one of the things that Ray was famous for was, uh, was kind of being able to, He's a marketer. He was a he market. He was marketing the dream. Is what he was marketing. It was his dream, and turned out being a livelihood for a lot of people and a dream life for a lot of people because of his dream that that he had. And but I remember when I first met him, Don Butler from Tulsa brought uh, Ray into my dad's store on Lake Tenkiller, our resort down there, and and uh, and and uh, he was talking about the tournament he was going to hold over at Beaver Lake, and I'd, I'd have given anything. If I'd have had $125 to, to enter that tournament, I, I did not. I didn't have $125 for the second tournament at Eufaula, Alabama. But uh, either Ray Scott waived that entry fee or um, or Don Butler paid it. Don Butler went to his grave swearing he did not pay my entry fee. And, and, and Ray Scott would have sweared until this week he did not waive my entry fee. He didn't waive anybody's entry fee. And uh but I know I didn't pay it, so either either one of those two things happened and those two that's the secret that both those men uh will will that know that, that none of the rest of us will ever know, I don't suppose, this side of heaven. But um uh, but I can remember and talking about his marketing abilities, I can remember him standing in my dad's store and telling my dad that he was starting this organization uh called BASS and we was gonna have bass fishing tournaments and and have a membership, and, and my dad, I asked him, he said, how much is a is a membership? And I don't know that Ray even had a bass membership at that time, and uh, Ray said, $10 a year, and my dad said, sign me up, and I remember him, we had the old-time cash register that you hit a button and pulled a crank, and it dinged, and the drawer flew open, yep. my yep. dad uh, hit that button and opened that cash register, and the drawer flew open, he took a $10 bill out and gave it to Ray, and he said, sign me up as a member right now, and that's had to be one of the very first members that Ray Scott no, ever had dude. was my father. And uh, so, yeah, we've got a lot of early memories about Ray. And, and he created an industry. Uh, he created, uh, you know, careers. 
I think the most important thing that, that happened was Ray's dream, and I'm sure it wasn't anything he thought about or even or even considered, but he created friendships amongst uh, literally thousands and tens of thousands of fishermen around this country uh, that would have never happened without him pursuing his dream. And so well, you never know when you're doing something in life and you're pursuing a dream that God's put in your heart, what, how that might affect the world. I mean, not just uh, your, yourself, which mostly that's all we're concerned about when, when we're doing something like that is, is is, is what we're trying, or the dream that we have, we want to try to somehow fulfill it. But, uh, you know, I think back at some of my very best friends nowadays and some of them that we've lost, like Don Butler and Jerry Roten and Ricky Green and Tom Mann and, and many, many others. But, um, yeah, think back to the, the really tight, close friends I have right now, like Bill Dance and Roland Martin and Hank Parker and Ricky Clun and on and on and on that are just great personal friends that we still fish and hunt with to this day and those friendships would have never materialized uh without ray fulfilling and pursuing his dream and and, and that's i i can think of you know i, I don't know i could probably name a thousand names right now that folks that that are friends of mine and i've hunted fish with that, that is because of ray's dream and and there are literally thousands of people just like me that uh, that are in that same boat so that's to me the, the biggest imprint that he's made on uh, you know, on all of fishing is uh, is the, the friendships and the memories and the, the friends that people have been created through through Ray pursuing his own dream. Uh, but all of the things that's happened uh, throughout the years in bass fishing, Ray Scott, of course, had a big big part in, and and uh, you know the, the, the aerated live wells, uh, all, you know the, the the innovations in the the bass boats. You know, they're really when we started was not hardly any such thing as a bass boat, force wood started his company right about that same time back there and uh, uh, I think that was 67 or 68 when I fished that first tournament and uh, Forrest started, Johnny Moore started Bass Pro Shop back in 1968 and uh, some of those early, though that little time frame right there was kind of the spawning of, of what everybody's enjoying nowadays and, and people like, you know, we lost Forrest a couple of years ago and but Forrest and, and Johnny Morris and Johnny Morris is just simply fishing tournaments back then. By the way, he right, qualified yeah. for the first first five Bassmaster Classics. He was just a, a tournament fisherman, just like all the rest of us were. And and we were not professional fishermen. There was no such thing as professional fishermen back then. We were just guys that loved to fish and and loved the com, com, uh, camaraderie of being together. And and Ray added that tournament element into it, where we could catch a few fish and compete against other for. Who caught the most or the biggest, uh, the biggest string and it, uh, it changed lives by the, literally by the thousands. Yes, it has. Well, he is one of the pillars of, uh, the industry and so is Jimmy Houston. So is Chris, both Hall of Famers. We're praying for you guys. Uh, the community bass community loves you guys. And, uh, hey, we really appreciate you sharing your memories with us, Jimmy. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it, uh, Billy. I appreciate you. You're doing a great job, pal. Jimmy Houston, America's favorite fisherman, Jimmy Houston, talking about his dear friend, Ray Scott. Great stories, great memories, great bass fishing history on the show today. And we have more of that with Hank Parker when we come back from the coffee pot. Stick around. This is Jimmy Houston. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. <laughs> It's really exciting to see right now. Uh, the one thing that's great about archery is 
Anybody can do it. Men, women, or children, everybody can do this. Um, our lessons right now are fantastic. We see entire family groups come in, have a great time, and they're finding out that this is something that is a great pastime, great sport, and everybody can be successful in Americans are learning what a huge benefit it is to learn to hunt, learn to fish, learn to put safe and wholesome food on our tables. Cinnamon Creek Archery in Roanoke, Texas, has taught many thousands of families about the great sport of archery. People who thought they could just never do that now enjoy the range and harvesting their own wild game. You can't just sell somebody a bow and say, hey, good luck. You need to be able to take them aside, teach them the fundamentals, teach them how to shoot correctly so that they can be as successful as possible and really enjoy our sport. Visit CinnamonCreekRanch.com and discover the great knowledge and satisfaction that so many other families have found in archery. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. Dove hunting in Argentina is well documented, but as my friends at JJ Caseria, Cordoba Doves will tell you, the duck hunting is unmatched anywhere in the world. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative for JJ Caseria. The duck lodge uh, is in Corrientes. We shoot 30 ducks in the morning and 10 per days in the afternoon. We have 11 different species of ducks. We have a duck season from the 15th of April to the 31st of August. You are assured before you ever leave American soil that you're going to feel welcome and at home when you hunt with your new friends at J.J. Castoria. Our lodge is beautiful. It's four years old. It has 10 double bedrooms, all with private baths, all heated and air-conditioned. Uh, it's very comfortable. We don't put on air, so you'll feel as relaxed in the lodge as you do in your living room. Hunt world-class doves and ducks in Argentina. Plan next year now by visiting CordobaDoves.com. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina. 
Our warm campfire is always the gathering spot, no matter the weather. Tall tales and life's tough spots get worked out here. This is Kinder Outdoors. We have a string of bass fishing Hall of Famers talking about the late Ray Scott on the show today. Great memories from folks like Ray Mursky, Mark Davis, Jimmy Houston, and now Hank Parker. How early, what, what's your earliest memory of, of Ray, Hank? You know, it started out controversial. Uh, I was fishing national bass and American bass, and we got an invitation to go to Cuba. And uh, so Ray called me, and he said, I've heard rumors that you're going to be going over to Cuba bass fishing, and I think that's a bad idea. And I said, well, Ray, I've talked to my congressman, and uh, uh, we're going to go over there and fish up. Cuba versus U.S. Bass Tournament, and they all think it's good. And, uh, boy, he was absolutely bitter dispute over that. And uh, so he and I got started off on a, on a bad note, and that was in 1976. And wow. uh, when I went o- over to Cuba, I actually flew back on a chartered aircraft to come back to fish the, uh, that was in uh, 78, to come back and fish the first BASS tournament I'd ever fished on Lake Kissimmee. And he called my name, you know, you have your pairings, he called out everybody's name, he just froze. You know, everybody else, he called them out and he moved on to the next guy. He froze. (laughs) And when I said here, he looked through me. I mean, buddy, he looked through me. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, that was my first meeting of Ray Scott. But uh, <laughs> You started this conversation with the word love. You loved Ray Scott, so evidently things mended up after a while. Oh, absolutely. When uh, I made that classic my first year and the year before that, uh, Miller High Life was the sponsor, and I had gotten saved. My dad was an alcoholic, so I didn't want to promote alcohol at all. So after... I went to uh, the classic meeting with all the guys. At that time, only 24 guys made the classic. So there were 24 of us in the room, and I uh, I listened to every word that was said. And then once everybody left, I said, Ray, you got a second? And he said, I do. And I said, I want to thank you so much for an incredible year, and a great organization, and how awesome it is to know that I'm competing on a level playing field where there's no partiality and I just admire what you've done, but I'm not going to go to your classic. And uh, he, boy, he just froze. He said, well, nobody's ever done that. Why Why would you not go? And, and I told him, I said, Ray, I got saved and I just, I just am convicted personally about promoting alcohol and I don't want a Miller High Life sticker on a boat that I'm fishing in. And he started laughing, put his arm around me. He said, you know, I admire that. I respect you so much for that. He said, but Miller's gone. Ain't going to be nothing on the side of that boat but Ranger. Come on, let's go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome. History. Yeah, it, it was awesome. He and I became great friends. <laughs> we had a lot uh-huh. of history. So many guys are in business for themselves. They're out to make that dollar for themselves. But Ray built something that, Boy, the wealth was shared. Everybody had an opportunity to work hard and make a name and make a living from bass fishing because of what Ray built. That's the way I've always seen it anyway. Well, Ray was smart enough, too, that he never really competed uh, on a financial uh, 
grounds with the people that uh, he partnered with. When Bill Dance became so popular and so powerful, Ray thought, well, hey, I'm going I'm to join forces with Bill. And then when Roland got to be and everybody else along the way, as their popularity grew, Ray just parlayed that into part of who he was and what he established. Of course, none of us would have been there had it not been for Ray and also Forrest Wood. A lot of times we forget Forrest. But Forrest was Ray's business partner in a lot of ways. Forrest would uh, would give Ray a lot of counsel and financial support in the early days. And a lot of people have said to me that I credit Forrest over Ray, and I didn't. I credit them equal. Uh, they both had a very, very big role to play, and they were very supportive of each other. And they made that thing work. So we've lost two icons to the sport now, but the sport will never uh, be the same because of the influence of, of both Ray and Forrest. Forrest Wood is one of the very few few men. My, my Sunday school teacher, Lamar Smith, is on that list when I was a kiddo. Uh, you know, Forrest Wood, there's just a few men that make that short list that I admire so much not because of a business acumen or accomplishment or, you know, a pioneer in the boat building business, but because of his character. He said it, he meant it, and that's a rare trait. You know, for for about 17 years, I had a contract with Ranger Boats that was on nothing but a forest wood handshake, and there was never a misunderstanding. There was never uh, a late payment. There was never a disagreement. It was clearly understood, and it was sealed with a handshake. And, uh, you know, Forrest stood beside Ray all the way. Uh, from, from the very beginning, Forrest was there, and uh, they teamed up together. And that's another thing. Ray always appreciated uh, people. And if you could help, you know, he had such deep appreciation for Bob Cobb uh, with Bassmaster and with Harold Sharp. Uh, they they partnered together and he had deep appreciation for them and always respect and that that's amazing how well that organization worked and grew for a long time and hey it was a moving target bass fishing was changing going to different states and working with different uh, wildlife departments man that was quite an undertaking that uh, uh, I guess only Ray could have made that happen. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, trying to convince the American public that these strangers are going to roll into town and catch your fish, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. Not only is it okay, it's good that they're doing that. They're going to help yeah. promote your lake and your sports. Uh, yeah, it, it was. He's the salesman of salesmen. I can tell you that. Uh, that 17-year contract you had with Forrest Wood on a handshake not only tells everybody a lot about Forrest, but it tells us all about Hank Parker, too, and nothing is more telling about you. I know all I need to know uh, when when the first time I ever heard you speak boldly about Jesus Christ. That's important. <laughs> well, that is the uh, stuff is rust and dust, and uh as we look right now, the only thing that matters to Ray Scott is what he did with Jesus. I spent three days with Ray. We had a Lonnie Stanley, Mike Dias, and myself with Ray had a deer lease in Mexico. 
and Ray and I went to Mexico, and Lonnie and Mike were smart enough not to go. They had seen the forecast, and it was a monsoon for three days. So Ray and I was in a house with no newspaper, no radio, no television uh, for uh, for three days and nights. I heard every Ray Scott story ever told, but uh, I asked him point blank about his relationship with Jesus Christ, and he gave me a very solid testimony when he got saved. And so I, um, based on that, I know Ray's kicking up gold dust, and that's that is the <laughs> comfort behind all of this. You know, it, it's it really doesn't matter about a legacy on earth if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the legacy that matters, is the one that Christ left. That's, Thanks. Uh, that's, yeah. It's always so wonderful to talk to you and catch up with you, and, uh, and, and you just make us all smile, and we appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Billy, and I appreciate the opportunity to brag on my buddy Ray Scott. Hank Parker. Hey, we're going to brag on Ray Scott some more after we stretch our legs a little bit, maybe grab a sausage and biscuit. Call a buddy. Tell him to tune in especially if they like to bass fish. I'm Billy Kinder, and this is Kinder Outdoors. We thank God for the freedom our men and women that defend it, and the Constitution that guarantees it. Welcome to camp with Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back as we take a look back at the life of Bassmaster founder Ray Scott. He changed bass fishing in a lot of different ways. Remarkable life and career. And we're doing that with Hall of Famers like Mark Davis, Hank Parker, and Jimmy Houston. This corner of the camp house is brought to you by my friends at Purina Pro Plan. They build the world's greatest dog fuel every day right there at one checkerboard square, St. Louis, Missouri. Trusted by millions of dog owners around the world, including lots of Westminster champions and field trial champions. Pick up the Pro Plan formula that's perfect for your champion at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Everybody knows that Ray Scott was the founder of Bassmaster. But how much more do you know about Ray? Ray Scott passed away Sunday, May 8th at about 11.30 p.m. He died peacefully in his sleep of natural causes. He was 88 years old. He founded the first national professional bass fishing circuit, the Bassmaster Tournament Trail. That was in 1967. The following year, he founded the Bass Anglers Sportsman's Society. B-A-S-S, and that would grow to become the world's largest fishing organization. The bass tournament competition Scott created rewarded anglers who caught the heaviest limits of bass in a three- or four-day event, and that served as the proving grounds for the rapid advancement in bass boats, outboard engines, tackle, lures, and electronics. It spawned a massive bass fishing industry that today has an economic impact in excess of $125 billion, with a B, dollars per year and employs more than 800,000 people nationwide. 
Field and Stream magazine listed Ray Scott, along with President Theodore Roosevelt, environmentalist Rachel Carson, and naturalist conservationist Aldo Leopold, among the 20 individuals who most influenced outdoor sports during the 20th century. He was inducted into the inaugural class of the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame in 2001, the International Game Fish Association Hall of Fame in 2004, the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame in 1987. He was named the 1988 Sport Fisherman of the Year by the Sport Fishing Institute. The elder President Bush picked Scott as his Alabama State Chairman during the 1979-80 presidential campaign. And the two remained good friends and fishing partners throughout Bush's terms as Vice President and then President of the United States. Ray was born in Montgomery, Alabama, August 24, 1933, and grew up there during the depths of the Great Depression. His father operated an ice cream cart. His mother worked as a hairdresser to support the family. That family included Ray, his brother, and three uncles, all living in a one-bedroom home. Scott contributed to the family treasury by delivering groceries on his bicycle, mowing lawns, and selling peanuts at baseball games. Most folks don't know that Ray Scott suffered from dyslexia. That contributed to his having to repeat the eighth grade. But he eventually managed to earn a degree in business administration from Auburn University and soon afterward became one of the top salesmen in the Southeast for Mutual of New York Insurance Company. In 1967, he quit his job and began organizing the first major national bass fishing tournament. He called it the All-American it was at Beaver Lake, Arkansas. It was successful enough for Scott to begin holding tournaments on other reservoirs in the South. And that was the launch of Bass and Bassmaster. His brainchild, the Bassmaster Classic, which today brings in more than 100,000 fishing fans from around the world. After a half century of helping to grow and shape the sport fishing industry worldwide, Ray retired to his farm near Pentala, Alabama, and he stayed there mostly out of the public eye in the years prior to his death. Ray Scott is survived by his wife, Susan, and his four children. I had a chance to speak with Ray Mursky, former owner of Strike King Lure Company, some years back before he passed away. He fished in that very first All-American bass tournament that Ray Scott organized, Beaver Lake, Arkansas. You fished in the very first ever BASS tournament. That's right. I saw a picture of uh, you and Bill Dance and Ray Scott, and I think you all had pimples. You couldn't have been more than 15 <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We, he, Ray Scott had the first tournament there in, at Beaver Lake, Arkansas yeah. in 1967. And uh, he called me. I was involved with a hunting and fishing weekly newspaper. And uh, he asked me, could... Could I get somebody to come up to fish this tournament? And I said, well, I know a few people down here, but we've never fished tournaments, so I can't tell you whether they're going to come or not. But anyway, I had seven guys beside myself go up there with me. So out of his 106 first entries, I I got him seven. And uh, I, I placed third or fourth in yeah. it. Uh, I can't remember, but I know one thing. I got a trophy and I got a check. Yeah. And the check wasn't much, and the trophy was a lot bigger than the check. <laughs> I'm sure Ray got a deal on the trophies. That's why he gave big trophies away. <laughs> the late Ray Mursky on fishing in that first ever 
Ray Scott Organized Bass Tournament in 1967. Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula is 30% protein and 20% fat. Perfect for your hard-working dog, even in the hot summertime. Just cut back the amount that you feed. Pick it up at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. We've got a string of Hall of Fame bass fishermen in the lineup today. Coming up, Mark Davis. Good morning, everyone. It's Brian Snowden. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. I'm Tom Watson with Bended Knee International, asking you to pray for the Navajo people of New Mexico and Arizona. The COVID-19 pandemic has hit these native people exceptionally hard. In many cases, multiple families live in the same home. Water is carried from muddy streams for household use, and medical care is many miles away. I simply ask that you join me in lifting them up to the Lord. To learn more, please visit BendedKnee.org. You've worked hard your entire life, and now that place is yours. Ensure the security of your livestock and wildlife with Tejas Ranch and Game Fence. You appreciate a job well done, and that's our focus at Tejas. High deer fence, horse and cattle specific fences, fences that keep the hogs out and the peace of mind intact. Decades of high performance in fencing, land clearing, and happy landowners. T-E-J-A-S, TejasRanchFencing.com. Outdoor Texas Camps produces strong young women. Yeah, I was eight, so I was a camper for about three, four years. Like Faith, step one is attend an Outdoor Texas Camp. Get involved, and you never know where it will go from there. This camp like, gave me foundational skills of like how to plan, how to like what does responsibility look like. If they, they can come in knowing nothing, and they will leave with a whole new set of skills. Top-notch instructors teaching outdoor skills, hunting, fishing, and the shooting sports. Young ladies growing confident in their abilities. Like this camp, like, yes, it's about hunting and fishing and their skills learned, but I think they grow up in these camps. We see a kid that doesn't know what, honestly, what responsibility is, and they grow up. Outdoor Texas Camps is now taking enrollment for girls 9 to 17, with $400 scholarships available to young ladies in the North Texas area for Summer Camps 2022. Make it a summer of growth for the young lady in your life. It all starts at OutdoorTexasCamps.com. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. I'm going to lay this out to you as simply as I possibly can because it really is simple. Buy your cold weather wear from Ron and Teresa Miskin at the Buffalo Wool Company and stay warm. Gloves, socks, hats, beanies. I love my neck gaiter. 
all made from the insulating fibers of the American bison. The same fiber, or buffalo wool, that protects the buffalo against a frigid winter in Montana, Wyoming, or the Dakotas. Buffalo wool is warmer than traditional wool, and it's luxuriously soft on your skin, not scratchy or abrasive. It wicks moisture away and is unbelievably tough, lasting year after year. And they back up what they sell with a 100% money-back guarantee if you're not happy. Take a look. TheBuffaloWoolCo.com TheBuffaloWoolCo.com It's simple. If you boys are taking that old flat bottom out, don't forget these coffee cans. Just like life, you'll need to bail a little water now and then. This is life in the camp house at Kinder Outdoors. Purina Pro Plan, those folks are smart. They are all dog owners, and they talk to a lot of dog owners, and they talk to dog owners that have issues like an itchy skin, or maybe their dog is older and could use added glucosamine. And the ProPlan folks have perfected different formulas for every dog, every stage of life, and every lifestyle. Pick up the ProPlan formula that's perfect for your dog. It's at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Ray Scott, the founder of Bassmaster, was 88 years old when he passed away in his sleep a couple of weeks ago. The Hall of Famers are lined up to pay tribute and remember him on the show today, like Bass Fishing Hall of Famer Mark Davis from Mount Ida, Arkansas. Hey, Mark. Good to talk to you always, buddy. Yes, sir. I need to know something. Uh, you know, spring of the year like this, and a Hall of Fame bass fisherman like you, I want to know if those big red ears out on Lake Hamilton are up on the bed yet. Are they jumping in the boat? They are, They probably are because... Here it is already the middle of May, but I, I to be honest, I, I haven't been out there and checked. I need to yeah, go, but I, I don't, I've not had time to get out there, no. <laughs> I wouldn't mind having about three ice chests full of those buggers right now. That, they're not bad. Yeah, no, they're not bad. In fact, I, I, I would settle just for, a, for a, a, about a half gallon uh, of, of fillets off them big red ears. <laughs> that'd, be, that, 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 that'd suit me fine. <laughs> hey, I'd settle for a brim sandwich right now. I, I'd go for that. Uh, hey, Mark, uh, the fishing industry lost one of its one of its giants uh, just days ago in Ray Scott, and I, I thought about you and and a handful of guys uh, that have been doing this a while. Surely you've got memories of Ray and and uh, worked with him quite a bit. Absolutely, Billy. I've got so many great memories of Ray and. Uh... You know, I guess the first one that comes to mind was uh, a funny story. He, you know, Ray could sell ice to Eskimos. You know, I mean, he he was just uh, he was the ultimate salesman, <laughs> always looking for a way to make a dollar. And he he was always on to me. He knew I liked to hunt, and and he was always want me to do this uh, Saskatchewan deer hunt. And I don't know exactly what he had invested up there in, the, in, in Saskatchewan, but he was part owner or something of a big 20, it was 20 square miles of, of property that he had up there with a lot of big whitetails. So 
you know, he kept telling me, you know, I don't remember the price. It was like $6,000. Imagine this is back in the early 90s. $6,000 to go on this deer hunt. And I'm like, no, no, Ray, I can't afford that, you know. And he just kept on and on and on about it. And I, I would never, I never would go. So I, I won angler of the year in 95. And he said, uh, well, what about now? You can afford it now. And I said, well, no, not really. I said, not really, Ray. You don't pay enough to win any of the year to do that. So we went to the Classic. And we were at Classic over in North Carolina, there at Greensboro. And I, I, we just happened that we got on the elevator at the same time on this big Hilton or Sheridan or whatever it was. We are there where we were staying. And he said, now, Mark Davis, he said, now, I've been trying to get you to go on this hunting deal. He said, now, if you won the Classic, would you go? I said, oh, well, yeah, sure. If I win the Classic, I'll go. <laughs> now, I'll be John Brown if I didn't win the Classic, you know. And uh, he, and he, he, as soon as he, he gave me the trophy and all that, we got off stage, he looked at me and he said, we're going to Saskatchewan. I said, yes, we are, Ray. We're going, <laughs> we're going to Saskatchewan. Actually, uh, it was it was myself and uh, Tommy Biffle and David Fritz and a couple other guys went on that trip. And, it, and we had a great time. Had a great uh, time yeah. up there. You know, I'm going to be talking to a lot of folks about their memories of Ray Scott, and no one is going to top that story. That's that's Ray Scott in a nutshell right there. He was always trying to sell something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, he told this one on himself. i got to say, i got to tell you this real quick. So when he was in grade school, he was a pretty good size, you know, tall. Ray was a tall guy and uh, and, and he had, had a pretty hefty appetite. So he figured out his mother would make these homemade sandwiches. They were just absolutely just wonderful you know south alabama good old country cook ray's mama so ray would figure out he said well you know i could i could sell i could sell uh half of my sandwich every day and he said i could probably make a nickel for half a sandwich so <laughs> he started selling half a sandwich every day for a nickel and the kids were just lined up fighting over it he said so I decided, I, I told mom, I said, uh, you know, he, he, he told her, he said, I'm, I'm just, that, that one sandwich is just not enough. I'm going to eat two. So <laughs> she makes two sandwiches. Well, Ray being the entrepreneur he was, he didn't that that extra sandwich as a whole. He, he cut it in half. And uh, so now he's making 15 cents a day. And the sandwiches <laughs> were so good. The kids were fighting over them, and finally the principal had to call Ray's mother and say, Mrs. Scott, uh, you're going to have to quit this, you know, stop this making these sandwiches. It's causing such a disturbance in the lunchroom. She said, what, what, what are you talking about? She said, Ray is selling these sandwiches. So, <laughs> so Ray got busted. Ray got busted for selling sandwiches. But, I mean, this is when he was in grade school. Oh. So, this what a guy. He was such a, he was, he, he was always looking for a way to make it, make a nickel. And, uh, 
and had a lot of fun along the way, dude. And I, I miss him so much. But uh, yeah, what, what a what yeah. a character. Boy, he sold bass fishing to America, didn't he? Didn't he have a great idea? He did. He really did. And, and, and he did have to sell it, you know. If you go back and look at that, that wasn't an easy task. You know, he created and he, you know, he birthed a, a new sport and sold it to America is what he did. And, it, and that, that was no, that was no easy Easy, easy job. What he did. You look, you look way back in the, when he started back in the in the sixties. But uh, he and, did it. You and, know, and, and, hey, how many of us have have been able to to carve out a, a, a you know a living from what Ray started back in those days? We owe him. We owe him so much. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know the way he did it and thought things through to put everybody on a on an airplane and fly him to an unknown lake with a with a box of tackle and uh, matching boats for everybody, uh, that level playing field, that was a big attention getter. That was one way to make your tournament fair, but it was really a, a big story for the media. It was, and, and he realized the importance of that. Yeah, as, as he you know, did. Way back, way back there, he sure did. What a guy. Mark, Mark I appreciate you sharing your, your race stories with us, and I, I knew that that his death would touch you personally and set you to reminiscing a bit. And I appreciate you doing that with us. Thank you much. You bet, Betty. Anytime. Enjoyed it, buddy. Mark Davis enjoyed a long and successful career with the Bassmaster Elite, and he now fishes the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour. Hey, we have good-looking T-shirts at Kinder Outdoors, and we give them away. You have to register and let us know you want one, though. You can do that at kinderoutdoors.com, and I spell my name K-I-N-D-E-R, like kindergarten, kinderoutdoors.com. More Hall of Famers on the way a little later at Hank Parker, and as soon as we come back from the coffee pot, America's favorite fisherman, Jimmy Houston, will join us from up in Oklahoma. Hey, everybody, it's Dominic Zamito with Two Rivers Fly Shop in North Fork, Arkansas. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Billy, are you sinking? It looks like you've got a heck of a hole in your waders there. There's a place I love to go in the pristine Texas hill country that features first-class lodging, outstanding cuisine, world-class wing shooting, the best free-range access deer hunting in the world, my favorite, by the way, plus native whitetails and turkey and some of the most comfortable hosts that you've ever enjoyed. Don't forget to throw in the fly rod. You'll want to experience the crystal clear waters of Joshua Creek and the Guadalupe River. Rolling hills and Texas live oaks, friendly smiles, and spring-fed waters. Orvis and Beretta agree that Joshua Creek is one of the finest hunting and shooting ranches in existence, and I think you will too. You won't find a prettier place to get married. And our staff and facilities will make your corporate event, family reunion, or private party turnkey and the best you'll ever experience. Joshua Creek Ranch in the historic Texas Hill Country between San Antonio and Fredericksburg. Want to go? Of course you do. JoshuaCreek.com At Classic Chevrolet Grapevine, we know all about the early morning memories made in the cab of the truck. Because it's fun to um, be able to... 
do something with my dad and my older brother. So what time did you have to get up this morning to uh, to get all the way down here and dressed and fed and ready to go? 4.30. 4.30. Don't you normally get up about 4.30, though? Mm-hmm. No. no way. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's fun, though, when you're coming out to the dove field to get up that early. It's kind of exciting, isn't it? Yes. There you very. go. Did you see your daddy shooting at that dove right then? Yes. Do you see that dove still flying? Uh, probably. <laughs> at Classic Chevrolet in Grapevine, Texas, we know that the cab of the truck is a special place. It's where family heritage is carried down the trail. Important things happen here. Trusted conversations, understanding smiles, life's victories and laughter, sometimes tears. We're honored to ride along with your family. ClassicChevrolet.com The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item. Make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step, visit our website, quailcoalition.org. Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild, driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood.
In God We Trust. That fishing story you just told? Not so much. Come on, it's camp house time at Kinder Outdoors. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. Thanks so much for hanging out with us at Kinder Outdoors. Drop by the website and say hello and leave a picture for the bragging board. That's kinderoutdoors.com. A couple of weeks ago when Bassmaster founder Ray Scott passed away, I started making some phone calls to see who would like to talk about Ray and their memories of him. I made three calls, all three to Hall of Famers. All three said absolutely. One of those guys was America's favorite fisherman, Jimmy Houston. Jimmy Houston, welcome back to the show, buddy. Hey, good to talk to you, Billy. Hey, first of all, we want an update on, on Chris. I get phone calls, and a lot of folks have uh, been praying for Chris for a while now, and uh, we'd love to hear how she's doing, Jimmy. Chris is doing great. She's sitting right here with me right now. As a matter of fact, we've been in Little Rock, Arkansas at the uh, Incura Clinic. Uh, let Chris know. I know you guys... You believe, like I do, prayer works, and a lot of us are well, praying for Chris and for you, too. Without a doubt, she's had literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of prayers said in her behalf. But we're so uh, tickled with all of the fishing industry, how they responded this last year or so, and, and all the uh, hundreds of thousands of people on our social media channels. And, and the folks are still praying, even though we're 13 months into this, and it's made a big difference in in her life, and, uh, you know, they were not expecting her to even be alive now, and she is, and not only that, but getting better all the time. Absolutely, and that's great news. I know everybody will be uh, really happy to uh, to hear that. Uh, we lost Ray Scott the other day, and I know you go way back with Ray, and, and I wanted to talk to you uh, about that. He was one of the, like you, a pillar in the uh, bass fishing industry, and, and uh, everybody loved Ray Scott. And there's a lot of great stories, Ray Scott stories. I thought, you know, I bet Jimmy Houston's got a good story or two. Well, you know, we really do. We have a lot of Ray Scott stories. Uh, you know, I've spent, uh, uh, I've gone down there and fished with him in his lake in Montgomery several times. And, uh, you know, we sat down there one night and after dinner and sat down at 2 o'clock in the morning talking about the early days of uh, BASS and all the other tournaments and the caravan that uh, Bill and Roland and him went around trying to get uh, people to sign up and buy a BASS membership. But, uh, but yeah, we, we have a lot of the really early memories. I, I fished the, either the second or the third tournament that BASS ever had. Uh, you call Alabama and actually led that tournament the first day. We fished the 15 bass limit back in those days in most of the southern states, which people just cannot even hardly fathom that in today's bass fishing world. But, uh, and I caught 11 bass that first day that weighed 52 pounds and 8 ounces and had the lead in the tournament. Second place only had 43 pounds. <laughs> and I think he had 15 <laughs> bass. I didn't, I didn't catch but 11, but I caught some bigger ones. And, uh, but, uh, the amazing thing about that tournament, I went down there with my buddies, Don Butler and, uh, Jerry Roten, who have both died. And, and, uh, uh, I didn't have a boat. I, I, I borrowed, I actually went as a, a non-boater that day. We didn't have co-anglers or marshals back in those days. You simply drew another person in the, in a tournament. So I went to somebody else's boat. But, uh, actually, I'd gone out with Ray in that tournament, uh, in a practice day. I didn't have anybody to practice with. I just having to bum a ride and practice. And so, uh, I went out with Jerry and Don the first day, and of course they didn't like three people in the boat, and, uh, and then the next day, uh, Ray Scott said, I'll take you out, and I'll fish this lake a lot. I just come out and, and go fish with me today. And so I did, and, and, uh, and actually, uh, ended up uh, doing really well in that tournament. And, uh, but, but I can remember, you know, one of the things that Ray was famous for was, uh, was kind of being able to 
is a marketer. He was a he market. He was marketing the dream. Is what he was marketing. Is his dream, and turned out being a livelihood for a lot of people and a dream life for a lot of people because of his dream that that he had. And but I remember when I first met him, Don Butler from Tulsa brought uh, Ray into my dad's store on Lake Pinkiller, our resort down there, and and uh, and and uh, he was talking about the tournament he was going to hold over at Beaver Lake, and I'd, I'd have given him anything. If I'd have had $125 to, to enter that tournament, I, I did not. I didn't have the $125 for the second tournament at uh, Utah, Alabama. But uh, either Ray Scott waived that entry fee or um, or Don Butler paid it. Don Butler went to his grave swearing he did not pay my entry fee. And, and, and Ray Scott would have sweared until this week he did not waive my entry fee. He didn't waive anybody's entry fee. And uh, but I know I didn't pay it, so either either one of those two things happened and those two that's a secret that both those men uh will will that know that, that none of the rest of us will ever know, I don't suppose, this side of heaven. But uh, but I can remember and talking about his marketing abilities, I can remember him standing in my dad's store and telling my dad that he was starting this organization uh called BASS and we was gonna have bass fishing tournaments and and have a membership, and, and my dad, I asked him, he said, how much is a is a membership? And I don't know that Ray even had a bass membership at that time, and uh, Ray says, $10 a year, and my dad said, sign me up, and I remember him, we had the old-time cash register that you hit a button and pulled a crank, and it dinged, and the drawer flew open, yep. my yep. dad uh, hit that button and opened that cash register, and the drawer flew open, he took a $10 bill out and gave it to Ray, and he said, sign me up as a member right now, and that's had to be one of the very first members that Ray Scott no, ever had yeah. was my father. And uh, so, yeah, we've got a lot of early memories about Ray. And, and he created an industry. Uh, he created, uh, you know, careers. I think the most important thing that, that happened with Ray's dream, and I'm sure it wasn't anything he thought about or even, or even considered, but he created friendships amongst uh, literally thousands and tens of thousands of fishermen around this country uh that would have never happened without him pursuing his dream and so you never know when you're doing something in life and you're pursuing a dream that god's put in your heart what how that might affect the world i mean not just uh yourself is which mostly that's all we're concerned about when when we're doing something like that is 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 what we're trying or the dream that we have we want to try to somehow fulfill it but uh, you know, I think back at some of my very best friends nowadays and some of them that we've lost, like Don Butler and Jerry Roten and Ricky Green and Tom Mann and, and many, many others. But, um, yeah, think back to the, the really tight, close friends I have right now, like Bill Dance and Roland Martin and Hank Parker and Ricky Clun and on and on and on that are just great personal friends that we still fish and hunt with to this day. And those friendships would have never materialized. Uh, without Ray fulfilling and pursuing his dream, and and, and that's I I can think of you know I, I don't know I could probably name a thousand names right now that folks that that are friends of mine and I've hunted fish with that, that because of Ray's dream, and and there are literally thousands of people just like me that uh, that, that 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 are in that same same boat. So you know that's to me the the biggest imprint that he's made on uh, you know on all of fishing is uh, is the the friendships and the memories and the, the friends that people have been created through through Ray pursuing his own dream. Uh, but all of the things that's happened uh, throughout the years in bass fishing, Ray Scott, of course, had a big, big party in and 
and uh, you know the, the, the aerated live wells. Uh, all, you know the, the the innovations in the the bass boats. You know they're really when we started was not hardly any such thing as a bass boat. Force Wood started his company right about that same time back there in. Uh, uh, I think that was 67 or 68 when I fished that first tournament. And, uh, Boris started, Johnny Moore started Bass Pro Shop back in 1968. And, uh, some of those early, though, that little time frame right there was kind of the spawning of, of what everybody's enjoying nowadays. And, and people like, you know, we lost Forrest a couple of years ago and, but Forrest and, and Johnny Morris and, and Johnny Morris is just simply fishing tournaments back then, by the way. He right, qualified yeah. for the first, first five Bass Bastard Classics. He was just a, a tournament fisherman, just like all the rest of us were. And, and we were not professional fishermen. There was no such thing as professional fishermen back then. We were just guys that loved to fish and, and loved the com, com, uh, camaraderie of being together. And, and Ray added that tournament element into it where we could catch a few fish and compete against others for who caught the most or the biggest, uh, the biggest string. And it, uh, it changed lives by the, literally by the thousands. Yes, it has. Well, he is one of the pillars of uh, the industry. And so is Jimmy Houston. So is Chris. Both Hall of Famers. We're praying for you guys. Uh, the community, bass community loves you guys. And, uh, hey, we really appreciate you sharing your memories with us, Jimmy. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it, uh, Billy. I appreciate you. You're doing a great job, pal. Hey, everybody. It's Stephen Browning. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Now, Billy, I've got to go fishing. So while I'm gone, make sure you leave those turkeys around my house alone. Hey, crappie anglers. Crappie season is here. Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie, here to tell you about all of the new crappie products for 2022. Check out the all-new Wally Marshall Classic Signature Rods by Lou's. The Wally Marshall Classic Series starts at 5'6 and all the way up to 16 foot in length. IM8 graphite construction, cork handles, stainless steel guides, super light for all-day use, and the perfect trolling and casting rods on the market today. Now for you live scopers out there, the Wally Marshall Pro Target Rods are designed with IM8 graphite blanks, stainless steel guides, and wind grip handles. No slip with a grip when you're trying to boat flip a three-pounder. Pro Target Rods are the best for live scope, trolling, and perfect for wade fishing and heavy cover. All new Mr. Crappie Colors and Crappie Thunders, Slabalicious, Jokers, and Shad Pose. Tennessee Mist, White, Who Dat, and Don't Miss the School Bus. All crappie anglers should keep the Mr. Crappie Slabomatic Electric Filet Knife handy too. StrikeKing.com, Lose.com, and SmithsProducts.com. When Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing converts your venison or pork into breakfast sausage or ground meat, it's a hands-down hit. But step outside the box this year. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing has sausages for every taste. I don't know, probably 30 or more. We have German, hickory, hot links, uh, jalapeno, cheese links, regular jalapeno, and cracked black pepper, Cajun sausage, all kinds of sausage. Our chipotle and cheese is actually our number one seller. We just came out with a hatch chili and cheese summer sausage to complement our links. And we also have a uh, Frito chili cheese pie sausage this year, which is kind of off the charts, but the kids love it. So it's kind of one of those new twists. (laughs) Located just north of Fort Worth, Texas, Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. Experts with all wild game. Visit CinnamonCreekRanch.com. 
Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 15-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com Introducing Canyon Valley for Visions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. The coffee's always on, and the conservation is always good. Make sure you bring a youngin' or two. Together, let's teach them what heritage and tradition looks like. This is the Big Billy Kender Outdoors Camp House. I'm glad you're here in camp with us today as we look back on the life of Bassmaster founder Ray Scott. I'm Billy Kinder. Hey, we've talked to Ray Mursky and Mark Davis and Jimmy Houston, all Hall of Famers, and here comes another one. Of all the folks that we've spoken with, no one has a more colorful tale to tell about his relationship with Ray Scott than Hank Parker. How early, what, what's your earliest memory of, of Ray, Hank? You know, it started out controversial. Uh, I was featured national bass and American bass, and we got an invitation to go to Cuba. And uh, so Ray called me, and he said, I've heard rumors that you're going to be going over to Cuba bass fishing, and I think that's a bad idea. And I said, well, Ray, I've talked to my congressman, and... Uh, uh, we're going to go over there and fish a Cuba versus U.S. bass tournament, and they all think it's good. And, uh, boy, he was absolutely bitter dispute over that. And uh, so he and I got started off on a, on a bad note, and that was in 1976. And wow. uh, when I went o- over to Cuba, I actually flew back on a chartered aircraft to come back to fish the, uh, that was in, uh, 78, to come back and fish the first BASS tournament I'd ever fished 
on Lake Kissimmee. And he called my name, you know, you have your pairings, he called out everybody's name. He just froze, you know. Everybody else, he called them out and he moved on to the next guy. He froze. <laughs> and when I said here, he looked through me. I mean, buddy, he looked through me. And uh, that was my first meeting of Ray Scott. But uh, <laughs> You started this conversation with the word love. You loved Ray Scott, so evidently things mended up after a while. Oh, absolutely. When... Uh, I made that classic my first year, and the year before that, uh, Miller High Life was the sponsor, and I had gotten saved. My dad was an alcoholic, so I didn't want to promote alcohol at all. So after I went to uh, the classic meeting with all the guys, at that time only 24 guys made the classic. So there were 24 of us in the room. And I, uh, I listened to every word that was said. And then once everybody left, I said, Ray, you got a second? And he said, I do. And I said, I want to thank you so much for an incredible year and a great organization and how awesome it is to know that I'm competing on a level playing field where there's no partiality and I just admire what you've done, but I'm not going to go to your classic. And, uh, he, boy, he just, froze. He said, well, nobody's ever done that. Why Why would you not go? And, and I told him, I said, Ray, I got saved and I just, I just am convicted personally about promoting alcohol and I don't want a Miller High Life sticker on a boat that I'm fishing in. And he started laughing, put his arm around me. He said, you know, I admire that. I respect you so much for that. He said, but Miller's gone. Ain't going to be nothing on the side of that boat but Ranger. Come on, let's go fishing. <laughs> And yeah, it was awesome. History. Yeah, it, it was awesome. He and I became great friends. <laughs> we had a lot uh-huh. of history. Ray was smart enough, too. When Bill Dance became so popular and so powerful, Ray thought, well, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join forces with Bill. And then when Roland got to be, and everybody else along the way, as their popularity grew, Ray just parlayed that into part of who he was and what he established of course, none of us would have been there had it not been for Ray and also Forrest Wood. A lot of times we forget Forrest, but Forrest was Ray's business partner in a lot of ways. Forrest would uh, would give Ray a lot of counsel and financial support in the early days. And A lot of people have said to me that I credit Forrest over Ray, and I didn't. I credit them equal. Uh, they both had a very, very big role to play, and they were very supportive of each other, and they made that thing work. So we've lost two icons to the sport now, but the sport will never uh, be the same because of the influence of, of both Ray and Forrest. Forrest Wood is one of the very few, few men. My, my Sunday school teacher, Lamar Smith, is on that list when I was a kiddo. Um, you know, Forrest Wood, there's just a few men that make that short list that I admire so much, not because of a business acumen or accomplishment or, you know, a pioneer in the boat building business, but because of his character. He said it, he meant it, and that's a rare trait. You know, for for about 17 years, I had a contract with Ranger Boats that was on nothing but a Forrest Wood handshake. And there was never a misunderstanding. There was never uh, a late payment. There was never a disagreement. 
it was clearly understood and it was sealed with a handshake. And, uh, you know, Farr stood beside Ray all the way, uh, from, from the very beginning, Forrest was there, and uh, they teamed up together. And that's another thing. Ray always appreciated uh, people. And if you could help, you know, he had such deep appreciation for Bob Cobb uh, with Bassmaster and with Harold Sharp. Uh, they they partnered together, and he had deep appreciation for them and always respect. And that that's amazing how well that organization worked and grew for a long time. And, hey, it was a moving target. Bass fishing was changing, going to different states and working with different uh, wildlife departments. Man, that was quite an undertaking that uh, uh, I guess only Ray could have made that happen. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, trying to convince the American public that these strangers are going to roll into town and catch your fish, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing. Not only is it okay, it's good that they're doing that. They're going to help promote your lake and your sports. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, he's the salesman of salesmen, I can tell you that. Uh, that 17-year contract you had with Forrest Wood on a handshake not only tells everybody a lot about Forrest, but it tells us all about Hank Parker, too, and nothing is more telling about you. I know all I need to know uh, when when the first time I ever heard you speak boldly about Jesus Christ. That's important. <laughs> well, that is the uh, stuff is rust and dust. And uh, as we look right now, the only thing that matters to Ray Scott is what he did with Jesus. I spent three days with Ray. We had a Lonnie Stanley, Mike Dias, and myself with Ray had a deer lease in Mexico. And Ray and I went to Mexico, and Lonnie and Mike were smart enough not to go. They had seen the forecast, and it was a monsoon for three days. So Ray and I was in a house with no newspaper, no radio, no television uh, for uh, for three days and nights. I heard every Ray Scott story ever told, but... Uh, I asked him point blank about his relationship with Jesus Christ, and he gave me a very solid testimony when he got saved. And so I, um, based on that, I know Ray's kicking up gold dust. And that's, that is the <laughs> comfort behind all of this. You know, it, it's, it really doesn't matter about a legacy on earth if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the legacy that matters, is the one that Christ left. That's, Hank, uh, that's, yeah. It's always so wonderful to talk to you and catch up with you, and, uh, and, and you just make us all smile, and we appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Billy, and I appreciate the opportunity to brag on my buddy Ray Scott. Hank Parker wrapping up our Hall of Fame lineup, our Hall of Fame tribute to Ray Scott. I hope you've enjoyed it today. If you'd like to hear it again or learn more, Come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'd also like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we've had together in this camp house today and invite you back next time around. Until then, may God bless you and your bunch.